Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ivelisse, a.k.a. La Sicaria, a.k.a. the baddest bitch in the building from Lucha Underground, and you're listening to the Oversell Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 102, and we are getting ready for WWE Battleground. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode one of two of the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I am Mike. I'm Dan. And we are here to talk some professional wrestling, but be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. The website is www.oversellpodpod.com. And while you're there, check out the Amazon link right underneath the main player and shop on Amazon like you're already going to do. We get a small kickback on anything sold through our league. So that's shopping on Amazon like you're already going to do. And there's no extra fees, hidden fees, or anything like that. It's just you helping out this podcast by shopping on Amazon, which you're already going to do. Mike. What's up? What's your Twitter? <laughs> you, <gotta laughs> Social Social media. you went into the Amazon thing I know, before. I know. So I, I, after 102 <laughs> episodes, you, yeah, we I don't know where it's it going now. Yep, yep. But I am at WolfMike23. Jesus! And I am at one dangerous Dan, and I'm on Facebook, Dangerous Dan Matthews. Guys, it's been what two weeks since we've been in here. Um, it's been multiple days. Yeah, and uh, wrestling is uh, still around. Yeah, um, WWE is just as stupid as ever. <laughs> or, or, or as Kurt Angle says, double Wubba E. Yeah, how he can't say it's <laughs> double. A, all the all the pills made him not be able to say the words, uh, the letters WWE. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go into what do we think about this whole Kurt Angle college hooking up with the chick, and now he has a son, Jason Jordan. I believe it. <laughs> I, be- <laughs> I believe it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, what are your thoughts? Uh, this is an old school angle, you know, and unfortunately. I don't think it's going to get over with the, you know, with this new age audience. <laughs> with anybody. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, we all know it's, we all know Jason Jordan's not Kurt Angle's son, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, blatantly obvious it's all an angle, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no pun <angle>. intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's blatantly obvious it's all an angle. We all know Jason Jordan's not his son, you know, but at the same time, you know, it's good for Jason Jordan to get this exposure, you know? Um, I honestly think in the long run, people are going to crap all over this. Um, I I as well, I as well, you know, but it is what it is, you know? And we're the same, we're the same wrestling fans that, you know, grew up, you know, thinking that, you know, Earthquake was really crushing Hulk Hogan's chest when he was sitting on him, you know, and oh my God, I don't think I don't think Hulk Hogan can beat this guy, you know, and here we are 30 years later, you know, the curtain's been pulled back and, you know, we know too much and, you know, more power to him for trying to do this, but we'll see how it works out. 
like, in the long run, this, though, I, I think honestly, like, you know, the wrestling fans of this day and age are going to crap all over this. This probably isn't what Kurt Angle was expecting or wanting when, you know, months ago he was talking about how he would love to work with American Alpha. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we come from uh, a wrestling world, and uh, us three specifically, where, you know, Memphis wrestling was known for its goofier <clears throat> storylines or you know all, all the craziness that would go on on Memphis TV and stuff like that and I can't ever remember them doing angles like this I mean most of the time it was uh Dan help me out here with some gimmicks that were more zanier I mean yeah we've had Freddy Krueger at Memphis Wrestling we've had Kawabunga you know yeah Kawabunga uh, Lasertron, the cri- Christmas creep, <laughs> the Christmas creature. Yeah, the Christmas creature originally uh, was Kane. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> and that one of the yeah, I, I, there's all kinds of goofy little gimmicky acts and everything that have gone on and everything, and you know, we we can go all the way back to you know uh, Eddie Gilbert hitting Jerry Lawler with a car. Right, right. You know? We can go even further and back. My favorite. Storyline involving Eddie Gilbert was the tag team of the year angle where him and Tommy Wildfire Rich won a tag team of the year mm-hmm. award, but they the award was presented to them after they broke up. And the fight you got that episode of Memphis Wrestling, it was this was 10 o'clock in the morning. These two guys were bleeding like a couple of stuck pigs. Yep. Eddie Gilbert had a gash across his head that he kept mopping up with a paper towel. And then Tommy Rich, you know, he had that platinum blonde hair when that stuck when he started bleeding that just became blood red mm-hmm. for, imagine that for lack of a better you term all, you <laughs> got all the andy kaufman stuff that happened right 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 um you know you've got all of this stuff you mean you know lawler constantly throwing fire on people you know um and it, and it after i got into the business too you know i constantly heard stuff about when the memphis guys would take a break from Memphis and go and wrestle on the other side of the country, like, you know, California or, you know, over in Nevada or up in Oregon or go to, go to different places like that in Seattle and different places. And the first thing that they were told when they walked through the door, yeah, you're not going to do any of that Memphis shit here, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it, you know, they were kind of wrestling purists out that way. You know, you had to actually, you know, work wrestling, mm. you know, you, you couldn't, you know, there was, there was small angles and stuff like that, but mid South and Memphis was considered hokey stuff to the rest of the territories, you know, mm-hmm. but it got over here. You know, we drew, we drew and sold out the Mid South Coliseum constantly here. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the days, you know, and you know, freaking Lawler and the and the Fabulous Ones and Bill Dundee treated like rock stars back in the seventies. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just you know, and then you flip you flip the script and you come forty years later, you know, into the future, and like I said, the curtain's been pulled back. The luster is not there anymore, you know, and, you know, I wish, I I honestly wish I could sit there and, you know, keep my mouth shut 
you know, and sit there and tell my kids, you know, oh man, look at that, look at that, watch that happen and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my, my daughter, she's into the girls. She likes to watch Bailey and everybody wrestle and all the girls wrestle and everything. And my son, he'll, he'll occasionally watch it with me and everything, you know. And, but my kids straight up ask me, is this fake or is this real? <laughs> and I was like, it's a storyline, it's a TV show, you know. But, you know, all the moves hurt, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, but, you know, there's that, there's that, uh, that allure is gone. You know, I can't, you know, I can't bring that back, you know, and it's, Deep. it's 2017. It's not 1978 anymore, unfortunately. So do y'all think I, this is going to go as badly as the whole, uh, horn swoggle being Vince McMahon's illegitimate? It couldn't possibly <laughs> go that bad. Well, oh my God. you know, at that when it, when I thought they were going to announce this, I thought it was a chance for them to bring back Hornswoggle because every dumb reveal they have done in the past seven years has involved Hornswoggle. Yeah. Well, he's he's an impact right now. So. Yeah. Well, you got Vince McMahon's son, right? The Raw General, uh, the anonymous Raw yeah. GM was Hornswoggle. So it's like, oh, here you go. It's yeah. going to be Hornswoggle or something. But. Wasn't he related to Finley at one point, too? Something like that. Or he I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, you know, this is another reason why I'm starting to gravitate more towards New Japan Pro Wrestling because they don't need these just, it's not a soap opera over there. It's a sport. It's the sport. It's of, it's wrestling over there. It's sports entertainment in WWE. It's, yeah. Yeah. It just. I mean, I, I hate saying that. I hate, I really hate the term sports entertainment, but. It's so stupid. It It is, it is what it is. I mean. That's it's what Vince tries to push on people, and that's what he puts out. It, I'm ready for, um, you know, hopefully Triple H is going to get control of this company one day and just knock off this whole sp- sports entertainment, you know, oh, we got to act like the camera's not there. That drives me fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. How are we not, how are you not supposed to acknowledge a camera right there when, you know, Growing up, when I was watching wrestling, wrestlers talked into the camera as if they were talking into another person, just like I'm looking at you and talking to you right now, Mike. Not not some, hey, pretend the camera's not there. Bullshit. I hate that when they do that in the back and, like, it shows just, like, Jericho standing there and all of a sudden, oh, hey, Bob, what's going on? You know, it's yeah. it's just... Impact started doing that a couple years ago where it was like, you know... This is the stuff that you're not supposed to see, and you know it was like weird angles, like the corner, like the camera was off in a corner or something, and you just you know happened to you know eavesdrop on a conversation or something. But it it was too choreographed. I mean, you could tell that it it didn't seem natural. It's like watching a constant Jimmy Fallon SNL skit. <laughs> yeah, he's looking for the cue card for what he needs to say next, and he's looking straight into the camera. And but he's gonna bust out laughing and ruin the skit anyway. Right, right. Hey, yep. we're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's just these some of these. I don't know. I knew that it was going to be something like that, and when they announced it and they did that whole bit, I just I turned raw off. I was done for the night. I just could not watch anymore i mean i was hoping it was going to be something much much bigger you know something that would involve okay yeah he's dealing with the authority now or something and that's going to set up a match for him at SummerSlam. but i think even somehow having dixie carter come out would have been a better moment because that gives you the whole eric bischoff type thing 
showing up on Raw. Like, what the hell is this asshole right. doing in Ra- at, Mo- <laughs> at Monday Night Raw? And we thought things couldn't get worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, that's that's all I've got to say on it. It's just it's so these storylines they try to pull off are just so 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 bad. What do you guys think about Talking Smack getting canceled? That's kind of crap too. I mean, that's that was that was gold. You know, Kevin Owens and Miz owned that show. You know, that was that was ultimate heel work on their part. You know, classic, classic heel interviews from them, you know, and to have an open format like that, to be able to talk about anything, you know, well, just about anything, because I I don't know, you know, what, where they draw the line, honestly, on that show, because I've seen it multiple times when they just talk about anything and everything they want to, you know, Um, but, you know, they've scaled it back to where it only happens after pay-per-view events now, I think, and it just, you know. It's just one more way of them to scale back on cost cutting and stuff like that. But at the same time, it takes that format away for their talent to get over. You know, they shouldn't have done it. Well, supposedly Vince McMahon was not a fan of it because it was too, um, what's the word, spontaneous or something. He did, you know, Vince McMahon. This Vince McMahon is a guy that gets extremely pissed off when he sneezes because he can't control it, and he's got a whole show after SmackDown that he doesn't have complete control over. And that's what I think a lot of it boils down to is Vince has to have 100% control of everything that goes on. And it's just, it's just stupid because, you know, talking smack brought the Miz back to relevancy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he cut that promo on Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan walked off the set. Miz got over like a son of a bitch at that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kevin Owens and watching Kevin Owens and go back and forth with Renee Young, you know, it's it's like they just they do everything they can to not have their heels get over when this is like the perfect avenue to get their heels over. No, they didn't have. You said it. They didn't have control over it, so they didn't like it. Yeah, Vince is just Vince is a nut, man. Vince is a nut. What I think you, I think it's also Vince is more out of touch from what you know what works for the fans and. I was like, the- yeah, it's apparently my speaker is on. No, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like Vince is more out of touch. I mean, he's he's real old school. I mean, you know, all the great things that he has brought to to wrestling or sports entertainment, as he calls it. You know, he's. It's sad to say, I think age is catching up with him, and he's still living in the past of what he knew work then, and. You know, he's all about, he talks about you know WWE is always changing and all that, but I. I don't think he understands what people like now and really what works. Watch a New Japan show, Vince. It'll blow your fucking mind like it did me. <laughs> Anything else you guys wanted to get to before SmackDown? Alberto Del Patron or whatever he is. Alberto El Patron. El De Patron, El Patron has been suspended from Global from Impact. Yeah. Now, Global Force Wrestling. That's what well, they are now. Well, they're, the, the company is Global Force Wrestling, oh. but it's still... Impact Whatever. Wrestling is the show. It's stupid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Alberto El Patron has been suspended due to the uh, shenanigans between him and Paige that have been going on. Uh, you know, this this kind of shit has to drive Jeff Jarrett nuts because it always seems like 
He just can't catch a break. Yeah. I mean, they, he just won the title at uh, Slammiversary a couple weeks ago. They taped, like, you know, three or four shows the next couple days after that, you know, for the next, you know, month or so. And as soon as that's done, this whole shit goes down with him and Paige. And there's, you know, police investigation and battery charges, and they're trying to figure it out and all. And they have to suspend Alberto right after he wins the title. <laughs> it's it, it, He just has to think, like, what rotten luck do I have for these kind of things to happen. And then, of course, he's still stuck in the middle of the whole Hardys and broken gimmick. and Which, you a- know. Apparently, what I read was, you know, a couple weeks ago, they had come to an agreement and it was going to be settled. And then all of a sudden, according to, this is what the Hardys are saying, is Jeff Jarrett at the last minute tried to change some things and wanted, like, uh, more money off of, you know, product sales and all that from even Jeff Hardy's like personal artwork and and band and all that. I mean, anything that the Hardys would make money off of, he wanted a piece of it, regardless if it had anything to do with wrestling or not. And, and that is, makes this no is, sense whatsoever. It yeah. was it, that was obviously just a play to get you know, just to get them riled up and not sign the contract again. Right. That's all that was. Yeah. And and now it's they're saying or you know rumors are that. Jeff Jarrett's really just, he keeps putting this off, hoping that the Hardys will just give up on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully they won't. No. Hopefully they won't. We got a little tease of it in a promo they cut. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was pretty good. Uh, But yeah, man, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Impact now, now that they had to suspend their champion and... Uh, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Morrison is going to be working with them a little bit here. Oh, okay. Says okay. he's signed on for some of the live shows. Uh... I don't see when exactly, but he's going to be doing some impact wrestling here soon. And apparently he has some serious beef with Vampiro right now, too. Okay. Interesting. Because apparently... Well, I know Ty is also having some problems with um, AAA, his fiance. Yeah. Apparently they... They said Vampiro was behind part of this, but called... uh, Morrison and Taya in together and you know wanted all their belts and they were going to take a lot of pictures and just do all this you know promotional stuff for them and then it got to a point where they were like yeah uh we got to take a few more pictures with Taya's belt you know we'll you know we'll probably just keep it overnight and you know she can pick it back up when we you know her next show or whatever and then they ended up keeping the belt and stripping her of the title on the next show and giving it to Sexy Star and they're saying it was, you know, this is all, you know, all we've heard so far was, you know, Morrison's point of view on it, but said it was just really underhanded and shady, and the reasons they give why they stripped her of the title was complete bullshit, and even Conan came out and was talking about how, you know, this isn't the first time Vampiro's been behind some shit like this. Huh. You know, I don't, I think Vampiro and Conan have had a uh, long rivalry, too. Yeah, they, so. they've had some history. Uh, let's see, anything else? big going on we need to talk about before we get into these this battleground card uh hear about lesnar yeah he did. he's going back he's uh submitting himself for usada testing yeah so he may be going back to mma which i'm all excited for because then i get be. to see brock get punched in the face a bunch because i love i never get tired of seeing brock lesnar get punched in the face that kane velasquez fight is one of the greatest things i think i have ever seen 
him, <laughs> him just getting walloped in the face is hilarious to me. <laughs> but that could mean that he may be dropping the title here at SummerSlam. It'd be great if he dropped it to Joe. Probably should have. I think he should have dropped it at the last pay per view. He should have. But whatever. What do we know? But we we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Why don't, whatever. But they're also saying this whole Lesnar thing. It could just be he's doing that just to, you know, run out the suspension and make it seem like he's going back just so he can get a you know Better he'll have upper hand in negotiating when his contract with WWE is up in the spring. Yeah. Well, what mm-hmm. do you think about that, Sheik? Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Uh, any any other big news we need to get into? Uh, not that I am aware of. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we look at this Battleground card? Yeah, because guess what? We have another WWE pay-per-view. Oh, up this imagine that. Oh. <laughs> Bruno never gets a day off now, does he? Nope. <laughs> Every time I call him, he just seems like he's more tired and more tired and more tired. Yeah. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I've got the card here. Uh, looks like there's a kickoff match. Imagine that. Ty Dillinger versus Aiden English. You know, actually, I think this match could be fun. As long as Aiden English wears those starry nights tights or whatever <laughs> it is. I think, I, you know, I think both of these guys are great talents. Aiden English, I think, is a, is just fun, especially when he does his singing gimmick that he's doing now. I, I like mm-hmm. that. Um, and Ty Dillinger, I think, is a great wrestler, too. So this could be a chance for a little... This is like the perfect match, I think, for a pre-show card. For a pre-show. This isn't putting like, oh, let's say you're fucking WWE cruiserweights on a fucking <laughs> pre-show. Or having your tag champs. Or have, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> have, yeah. Your tag te- have your tag team championships lost. On a pre-show. On a pre-show, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not... But, like, yeah, like, this is the perfect pre-show match for me. Ty Dillinger and Aiden English. I'm going to say Ty Dillinger gets the win. I would hope so. Yep, I'll go with Ty. And I'm reading these right off of WWE's site. Yeah, that was the kickoff match. The next thing it has listed, WWE Battleground 2017 tickets available now. So apparently it's not sold out. I, well, I think they've been having problems getting, <laughs> yeah. selling tickets for this show. Yeah. Would you want to pay to see a Punjabi prison match? I would because I don't hate Randy Orton. But but we don't like Punjabi prison matches either. <laughs> I don't like looking through a Punjabi prison yeah, that's, match. That's, that's the is, hardest thing. That's the you can't biggest, see through it, yeah. That's the biggest eyesore eye fuck of a match you could ever see. Bring back the blue steel cage. It's that that's, what I'm say- that's what I'm saying. You know, it was like, what, what happened to the blue steel cage? Why we got to get it so elaborate with this crap? <clears throat> What's next? A five-way elimination match to determine Naomi's opponent at SummerSlam. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Natalia, Tamina, and Lana. I think the women are being given... Um, they're selling the women short here by having them in these big matches. And there needs to be a number one contenders match. Choose your top face. Choose your top heel that is not a champion of either one, and make that and have that be a number one contenders match. I think they just do it this way so they don't have to come up with multiple storylines. Well, and that yeah, that's that, and that kills me because typically SmackDown is smarter when it comes to this type of stuff. Uh, typically, uh, you know, they have the better angles like. There, they for a while there they had multiple women angles going. Yeah, you know you had someone chasing the title, then you had the welcoming committee, or you had Carmella, and 
stuff like that. And now it's just here. Let's just put all the women together in one match. It, like, it seems like it's too early. Like you would assume that this wouldn't be a number one contender match, and you know you could put, you know, this many, you know, this match basically at SummerSlam since it's one of the big four have a big multi-person match for the title at that point. But now they've got to come up with something to do with everybody else who doesn't win this for SummerSlam. I would say do a tournament, but I guess they're not going to do that with the May Young Classic. Yeah, probably on. not. So, which speaking of which, congratulations to Amazon Andrea. I watched the Parade of Champions and I was so excited. I, <laughs> what is she now? Sage something. Sage something. Uh, but congratulations to her. She was so nice, and you know she was. We, you know, she made sure to t- carve time out of her day because she said she was going to do it and she was not going to let us down. And it, I thought that was just so nice and such a cool chick. Sage Beckett yeah. is what she is now in the uh, May Young Classic, which the Parade of Champions I thought was just so cool seeing Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, uh, Sage Beckett, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, who else? Uh, what was Diana Perazzo one of them? I don't think was she. Yeah, she probably. But, I don't uh, remember who who everybody was yet. But it's just so cool, so cool seeing somebody that we've talked to on this podcast in this tournament. So I just wanted to get that out there while uh, we're doing it. As for the winner of this match, uh, I know they're doing this like. It seems like Tamina and Lana, somehow Tamina is, like, protecting Lana. And I think we're going to get Naomi Lana 3 at SummerSlam. It wouldn't surprise me. (laughs) And Lana will finally get her come up against Uppins against Naomi. And, I mean, in looking at it, I mean, unless they... I mean, the, the top two you would think would be... You know Charlotte or Becky, right? But then you would have to turn Naomi, either Naomi or you know whoever wins that match. And I don't see that happening. I I could see like Tamina just laying out people left and right, and finally she clocks like who else is in the match other than Becky, Charlotte, Tamina. Natalia. So she like lays out Natalia and tells Lana to cover, her, and Lana gets the win. That gets or she just lays out everybody, and Lana just sneaks in and gets the win. See, they're, but they're kind of, they're t- kind of teasing a, 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 an alliance between these two. Like uh, on SmackDown this past week, I saw Tamina beat up a lot of people, and then just looked at Lana and just walked on. They're teasing something here, so it could be Tamina gets Lana the win. Just says pin her, pin her right now. They could be teasing Tamina getting you know TV time. Yeah, I, I'm all for Tamina on TV time. I like I like Tamina Snooker. I know I'm probably in the minority, but I like her. Dan I really like her likes because her. I'm scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> you like her because you have to be. No. But uh yeah, I'm gonna take Lana for the win, Dan. Who are you thinking? Um hmm. You know, a lot of those a lot of those a lot of the good women on SmackDown are on the back burner right now, you know, like Charlotte and Becky Lynch and stuff. You know, they're, they're just kind of like in a holding pattern, really. They're not really being pushed or anything like that, you know. Um, so it's kind of hard to say, you know, who's who's going to come out on top. But I do think you're on to something with the whole Lana Tamina thing. Because that, that's kind of 
weird that Tamina would just come out there and lay everybody out and leave Lana alone. So um, I do think you're onto something there. So yeah, I'll 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 go with Lana. You know, because that that seems to be an ongoing theme there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, now if I don't she, think they're done. I don't think they're done with the Lana Naomi program. So I, yeah. I would love to hear Lana say, "Just give me." One more match, <laughs> and like Christian, Christian somewhere is just face palming. Mike, what are you thinking? Yeah, I would go with Lana because I I agree that the the whole Lana and Naomi thing isn't done yet. I mean, they pushed Lana so hard when she came back and mm-hmm. had her keep coming up short, but I, I don't think that they're just gonna, you know, push her to the back burner now. Yep, I agree. Next match: United States Championship, AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens. Match of the night. I can already. I will tell you, this is going to be the best match you're going to see tonight. And there's a chance there's maybe one of the best matches you see all year. I can see that easily. I mean, the, say what you want about Kevin Owens. He's a fat guy in a t-shirt. But tell me, tell me when he's had a bad match in the WWE. Go ahead and tell me right now. I've never said he has, so I'm not answering that question. Dan, I know you never said he's a fat guy in a t-shirt, but. Tell me the last time you saw a bad Kevin Owens match, or in a little coat. And you can't say the uh, you can't say the Goldberg match because we all knew going in there that wasn't going to be much of a match anyway. That was a great match. Yeah, I got I I got to say I haven't seen a bad Kevin Owens match since he's been in WWE. People can hate on him all he wants. They can say he's a fat guy in a t-shirt and basketball shorts, but that's just him. That is just him. He is one of the best superstars that WWE has today. <laughs> You know, he's one of the best heels. He's never been a face in the WWE. No matter how many people cheer for him, he still will do something that just pisses you off to no ends. And then you got AJ Styles in the other coin, who is probably the best wrestler on the planet right now. And this mm-hmm. match, I guarantee you, this match is going to steal the show. It's it's one one hundred percent. Derek saying it steals the show. I think it's. I'll agree with you there, too. Mike. What are your thoughts on the match? Well, I really think AJ's going to win. Okay. He's going to retain. Yeah, I'll, I'll say he retains. No, I think, it, well, if AJ wins, he's going to get a clean one. Okay. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, this is expected to be the match of the night. I mean, just looking at everything else, I mean, you you know going into it, okay, this is the match that's, that's really selling the pay-per-view. And it's not a fucking eyesore of a pin, Punjabi prison. <laughs> I swear, that's, that is going to hurt my eyes trying to watch that damn pay-per-view. Or to watch that uh, that. Are you even going to watch that match? Probably, I, I'll probably read. I'm re- right now, I'm working, <laughs> on the, I'm working on the Dark Tower, the Gunslinger. So, I'll try probably try to read that while the Punjabi Prison. Now, now available on WWE 2K17, the Punjabi Prison. Oh my god, that match would be so stupid. It would be so hard because you wouldn't be able to see it. <laughs> right, right. I know. <laughs> That'll probably end up where being on the I? new one. I can't tell where I'm at. Um, yeah, I think I'll take AJ Styles to win the match, though. Dan? I'll take AJ to win, too. You know, that was a. it was kind of a weird thing, him... Uh, being in on a, on a house show and winning the United States title. That was kind of a weird thing to do, but, you know, it got everybody's attention. You know, the last time so. they did that, I can remember, was when Christian won the world title off Booker T. That's the last time I can remember a title like that changing hands at a house show. Well, they did it in NXT. 
with that? Joe and oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's Valor. Right. That's right. I totally forgot about that. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Yep. All right, next match, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. Man, I, I like. I think I'm going to like this match too. Um, you know, people have been hating on Shinsuke since he came up to the main roster. All he is is is, is it, an entrance. It's an entrance. No, it's not that. You're just too short sighted because you've been watching bad wrestlers wrestle all this time that you're not seeing the brilliance that is Shinsuke Nakamura. He's charisma. He is uh, vicious in the ring. You know, it, there's hard the strong style. Is, yeah, man, is brutal. And it's, it, and it's it's so funny just to see people hate <clears throat> on Nakamura just because they think all he is is an entrance. Yeah, I think this match will be it'll be good. I like Baron Corbin. I think you know Baron Corbin. I still there's a small chance that I think he could still be a champion by the end of the year, a world champion. And uh, as far as picking a winner, man, that now that's hard for this match. Yeah, man. I mean, I could really see this one going either way. Yeah, you see what Baron Corbin did after uh, SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Uh, after SmackDown went off the air, I think he uh, made, oh yeah, yeah made yeah, a kid yeah, yeah. cry, and then afterwards he picked him up and gave him a shirt. And but then he said that you know it was a family member. Oh, and that's why he did it. But. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of ruined the moment there, Baron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the I think the exact words were uh, that was a family member. Get your facts straight before you start, you know, posting stuff. You know. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I just I don't know. This match is hard to call. That that tag match they had on SmackDown was pretty good. Uh, I still haven't watched it yet, but AJ and uh, Shinsuke oh, versus yeah. Owens, and, Owens and, and Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. Like I said, Kevin Owens has not been involved in a bad match. Since since he's been in WWE and NXT, he has not had one bad match, but yet he's still just a fat guy that wrestles in a t-shirt. I'm going to hold that. I will hold that against <laughs> anyone that ever fat says that. Fat guy in a t-shirt. It sounds than, like a song. Fat guy in a t-shirt. I can, I can see you wearing a t-shirt that says that. Fat guy He's not just a fat guy in a t-shirt. A t-shirt. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to take Shinsuke Nakamura to win this match. Dan? I will take Shinsuke as well because Corbin's got the briefcase. Yeah. Yeah. He can win and it's not going to hurt him. Or he can lose and it's not going to hurt him, actually. Mike? I'll go Shinsuke just because I think there's still something bigger to come for him. Yep. 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 What's the next match? SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Usos versus The New Day. What would y'all think of the rap battle? Or the not the what the whatever the yeah that's kind of what it was yeah yeah what yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was I think Next. Wiz, Khali- Wiz Khalifa out there in the middle going y'all weak <laughs> <laughs> well I, I will say that um, whenever they made the joke about uh, the total divas joke I thought that was probably the best zinger mm-hmm. of the of the whole thing and then uh, actually uh the the you're not Jamaican <laughs> the stuff that was pretty funny too. I laughed. I don't know. I think it was just another pointless thing. There, there's other ways to get a a feud over. Yeah, you know, it, thing that's funny is like that a segment like that would actually be better on Raw. 
because you got three hours to fill. So that's some good yeah. nonsense. You could, two hours, I could. That would just been better fitted for Raw. Big E's over there looking at us, thinking, "What you think about motherfucker?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I don't think it's right time to put New Day over as the champs yet on SmackDown, especially not at Battleground. No, Je- the Usos win. Cheat. They'll cheat to win. Usos retain. Usos retain. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, Usos retain. Next is the flag match: John Cena versus Rusev. This match, I think, could be fun too. You know, the the last time these guys wrestled it was it Mania when Rusev it came may have out. Been, yeah, Rusev came out in the fucking tank. That tank. That I, that still was like one of the best WrestleMania entrances ever, and uh, you know, the typical United States versus Bulgaria. Yeah, because that's a common thing. Yeah, yeah. All those <laughs> yeah. all those wars we had with Bulgaria. <laughs> but, you know, I like this new attitude that Rusev has since he's joined the SmackDown roster. The kind of, um, the kind of, what, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Jaded, in a way, because he's not being treated as one of the top stars on the show. Right. And I think this is a great, I think separating him and Lana is actually going to do him some good. And I think he's he's really running with on his own with it. He doesn't need Lana coming out saying, this is the only man that can have me. Right. I think he's getting over himself. And I thought he's always been a good promo guy uh, since he's come up. What are you guys' thoughts? I think Cena's going to win, definitely. Yeah. He's not losing um, a flag match. You no, know, he's not going to lose a flag match. Now, is- I, I would love to see him lose this because nobody's expecting it. Uh, is this his first pay-per-view back? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just came back on the fourth, so. Yeah, no way he's losing a flag match on his return. In July. In yeah. July, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan? I agree. Cena over and, uh, you know, not maybe not very decisively, but, you know, still winning. Brings us to the WWE Championship match. Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, Punjabi prison match. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute! This pay per view is missing something. It's missing something. You know it. You know what it's missing. What? It's missing this. <laughs> He's been trying. Oh. Silence. It's loading. Uh oh. <laughs> I think I gotta calculate that load time into the queue. Oh, well, let's restart this. <laughs> <laughs> be some editing for you later tonight. No, it'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This is what this pay-per-view is made. It's to the greatest, greatest love I've ever <laughs> <known>. <laughs> I'm burning up in your love, your love. Burning up in your love, your love. I bet them. I bet like them and uh, Sami Zayn are on the pre-show. Fire. No, the pre-show is Ty Dillinger and uh, Aiden English. Aiden English. 
That doesn't mean we don't get an impromptu match. Yeah, yeah they'll probably come out and cut a promo at some point. Or they'll, they'll probably decide halfway through the card, okay, we're going to take time out of the women's match and we're going to put them out there. Yeah. Uh, Mikey Bennett, Mike ben- or Mike Kanellis got his first uh, win on SmackDown this week against yeah. Sami Zayn. Done beautifully. I love, I love a valet. We have a woman's valet. Cheat, helping her uh, client, her man, her boyfriend, her husband, whatever, cheating to win. You know, this is wrestling 101. The pretty woman distraction outside the ring. Whoops. Hey, Rob Van Dam. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> but the the pretty <laughs> distraction outside the ring, and I love that they're do- going back to that old thing. You know, it's something that. You know, managers and valets are truly missed, and this is a kind of this is a great way to start bringing them back. So we'll get now we'll get on to this dumbass main event, <laughs> the Punjabi prison match. Where you're, I feel I'm sorry. <laughs> I will go ahead and apologize for the WWE. We're sorry for the strain we're going to put on your eyeballs during this <laughs> match. I wonder if they're going to have like a a camera over the ring. I'm I'm really thinking they're going to have a cameraman in there. Well, I hope you that's that should be nice and fun to try and to get around all that action too. Yeah. But I mean they do that with like Hell in a Cell matches now. They they keep a cameraman in there. Yeah, but this one, the Punjabi prison actually goes right to the edge of the ring, right? Yeah, it's actually like two different cages, isn't it? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, don't know. you go through you have to make it out of both both of the cages to right. win. Uh, it's it's so it's so bad and you know the the gender winning the title thing was great at first, but it's kind of gone stale. Much like anything else, Randy Orton is involved with in the WWE. It got boring. Okay, now I understand you know the, the hate on the the Punjabi prison match itself being you know hard to watch, but in all honesty, would you hate it this much if Orton wasn't in the match? I would hate it just as much. I see, and I seriously mean that just because it's such a a dumb premise. If you want to do something like that, do a fucking cage match. Do just do it's it's simple. We're not straining our eyes looking through seven fucking layers of bamboo and steel and, and whatever because <laughs> that's what they keep saying. <laughs> um, but it it it's just too much of an eye strain. I mean, hell in a cell. Just do a hell in a cell. Why do you even? Why do you have to do this? This dumbass. As these things will only be open for sixty seconds, or whatever. Or what are the rules? Can you find the rules on the Punjabi prison match? I know they explained. I them just thought you. Down. I thought you just climbed over the top of it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. No, they have these panels that open up, that the referee will open up for sixty seconds at a time, or something like that. The Singh brothers were going over it this past week, and I was like, I don't. <clears throat> I'm pulling up. It wasn't. Now, do you, do you, you remember the uh, the whatever that was the three the three stages of the Tower of Doom or whatever that was in that movie Ready to Rumble? Yes, <laughs> which I just okay. watched like last week again. Yeah, great. which <laughs> now there there is actually like um, a pay per view. It's a WCW pay per view from the late '80s, I think that that match was introduced, you know, I'd like to see him bring something like that in or see him bring war games back, you know, for God's sakes. If you Why can do a, if you can do a fucking you surround Punjabi. a ring with bamboo and then try to get out? 
<laughs> well, if you can if you can do a Punjabi prison match, you can do a fucking World War Three, <clears throat> or you can do not World War Three, but war games. War games, yeah. Okay. Uh, four walls, bamboo walls, surround the immediate ring, uh, topped with razor sharp bamboo spikes. Uh, superstar must escape both cages. Uh, the interior structure contains four doors, all of which are attended by a referee. When a superstar calls for the door to be opened, they have one minute to walk through it and to the outer structure. If they don't make it in time, the door is shut and locked for good. And then... Should should the, all four doors get padlocked, then they're forced to climb over the top where the bamboo is fashioned into spikes. Yeah. It's just too much. This is too much to know going into a match. Put me in. Put them in a cage. We know how it ends. They either go over the top, or they pin or submit. It's that simple. We don't need. We don't need fucking battle dome going on in the in WWE or you know. Uh, it's just Thunderdome. It, uh, Two men into one it, man leaves. It, it's it's just it's just so <laughs> stupid and derivative. You know, I I don't know, and I don't think anybody will ever own up to who invented the Punjabi prison match, because <laughs> uh, that would be, the, you know, that I, I could imagine a WWE writer twenty years from now going, "Yeah, that was me. Sorry." Uh, <laughs> and we will interview him on this show. Yeah. <laughs> so you were the one. You were the one. You son of. <laughs> You made me watch a match through four layers of bamboo. <laughs> Three <Ooh>. times. Because <laughs> this is the third one. You know, and I I, I really think, you know, the, the Punjabi prison match of all things, you know, uh, what was like the 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 match that they called that was like the, the was that the the kennel from hell match that Al Snow and Boss Man were in? <laughs> they fucked that match. <laughs> that he didn't bring out Chihuahuas. <laughs> Fuck that match, <laughs> as Derek yeah. believed. Rottweilers and Chihuahuas. <laughs> chihuahuas yeah. is totally an Al Snow thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, there was there was that. Uh, that was the only time we ever saw that match. Thank God. Um. What was the and one then, with you know, Jericho a couple years ago where they just had one of him like him and Ambrose the asylum match or whatever where they just had the random shit match, hanging from know, the yeah. top? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now yeah. that that's something I can get into. An Ambrose asylum the the Ambrose asylum match was okay because I mean that had a little bit of everything in it, you know. Uh, the the match that TNA made where it was like um, King of Ultimate the something. Oh, the Ultimate X. Well, Not the Ultimate X, but the one the one where that the, the, the one spot that I remember was AJ Styles climbing up to the rafters and coming off the rafters and hitting somebody that was laying on a table that was on top of the cage. And I can't remember what that that type of match is called, but I mean it was something that you know. But TNA TNA to me was like the king of the gimmicky mm-hmm. matches there for a little bit because they had the king of the mountain match and all kinds of crap. I mean they yeah. they were just pouring on the gimmick matches you know but wwe does not really have too many matches that are 
offbeat gimmicky matches, you know, and when they do, they act like it's this big, big special thing. And, the, you know, I just can't get excited about a Punjabi prison match. though. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. No matter I just who. can't get excited about the, it. No there's, matter, just a you know, co- there's just a couple people in the back that are really excited. As soon as Jinder Mahal was the champion, they're like, we can bring back that match. And, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I want this out there. I would be against this match regardless of who the combatants are in it. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly. It could, it Please, could, you know. They could do AJ Styles versus Okada in a Punjabi prison match, <laughs> and I would still hate that fucking match. Even if Kenny Omega was involved and Zack Sabre Jr.? Even if Kenny Omega, Zack Sabre Jr., <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly, and the Shibata made his fucking return, but it had to be in a Punjabi prison match, I would still hate the match. And speaking of Kyle O'Reilly and uh, Bobby Fish, yeah, they're in NXT, NXT now. now. Well, yeah. Bobby Fish is officially signed. They're still working out a full deal for right. Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly. Yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Kyle O'Reilly to sign his full time deal. Kyle, Dan, you have to watch NXT if they're going to have start having Kyle O'Reilly on it. He is your type of wrestler. Oh, cool. He is just he is a technical wrestler, uh, and, and he's just awesome. That's all I could say about him. Yeah, it's really hard to describe. <laughs> he's just, he <laughs> just, is when just you a, watch him, you're like, holy shit, it's a Kyle O'Reilly match. It, it's he is he's just a wrestler. Re- he's just a wrestler. That's the best I can put it. You know, he's just like he's like a mixture of uh, Daniel Bryan and another wrestler. I got nothing, but he's <laughs> he, just he's awesome. like two Daniel Bryans. <laughs> he, no, he's you're really you'd really like Kyle O'Reilly, and hopefully he signs an NXT deal and we get to see him more. Hopefully Adam Cole's going to be signing sometime too. Anyways, uh, as for the winner of this match, there's too many chances to cheat, and I'm going to say the modern Maharaji leaves with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I concur. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, I concur with you as well. You know, I I heard Mike chime in there for a second, and say he was going to concur too, uh, but I, 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 I think that Orton is the one that gets Mahal over as a champion that is going to hang on to that belt. So, yeah. I don't see the Indian guy losing the bo- the bamboo match. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like I said, too many chances for the Singh brothers to cheat for him or anything like that. So, the modern Maharaja is going to be still be your WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Yep. All right. Well, that's it for Battleground. Uh let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Oversell podcast. Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast. I'm still Derek. I'm still Mike. I think I'm still Dan. Well, that's good, you think. Um, Before we get in, (laughs) we've got an interview calling in here in a few minutes, and before we get to it uh, with superstar Ray Waddell, yes, he he does call himself superstar. Sorry, Bill Dundee. (laughs) But it's a new world. We can have new superstars. Uh, let's talk. We didn't get a chance to really talk about, um, great balls, great, great ball, great balls of fire, great <sighs> ball of fire. Jerry, Lee, who is Jerry Lee Lewis? Why do I should I? You know, I read care? that Angle said that that was actually his idea, and he just kind of came up with it, kind of as a joke to Vince, and Vince loved it, so they went with it. Oh God! <laughs> hey Vince, we should call Pavey Group. I love it, pal. Let's do it. Welcome back. 
Welcome back. That's a you're hitting home runs, and you just got back. <laughs> we're gonna give you a son. Uh, we're gonna give you a black son. It's my black son. My black son. My black son. Did y'all see the video? Also, he's a ninja. Also, he's, and he's a ninja. Um, but yeah, great balls of fire. I, me personally, I just can't remember what happened on. I can barely remember what I did yesterday. It was a long time ago. Yeah, a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we got another pay-per-view coming up now. So, yeah, it's been two weeks. But from what I remember, yeah, Samoa Joe and Brock killed it. Ten-minute match, but it was pretty brutal. It was ten brutal, minute. yeah. Pretty, and I love how Joe just jumped in before the match even started. Yeah, they it got Joe over big time. Oh, yeah. Big time. The loss, I like the match up until the finish. I, I don't like the fact that it took one F5 to get rid of Joe. Right, yeah. But... You know, no, we, we've been going through programs now where people have been hit with four and five F5s, you know, and then all of a sudden, oh, Joe gets hit with one F5 and he's done. What? Hmm. The guy was choking him out for five minutes and six minutes at a time? You hit him with one F5 and he's done? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thought. Um, yeah, and I think I'm in the same boat there. It makes – I don't know. that You know, you also want to see big moves like the F5 protected – which I guess is why, you know, it took three to beat the – how many did it take to beat The Undertaker? Three? Yeah. Uh, how many does it take to beat John – how many – it sounds like we're fucking filming a Tootsie Roll commercial. <laughs> how many F5s does it take to get to the center of John Cena? You know. <laughs> but yeah, it, nice. it took a lot for him, too, and all the 26 suplexes and – Yeah. At least when it – I just – I really wish Brock would put more into his matches because I hate seeing all the, I just hate seeing nothing but German suplex. It just it, it gets boring to me quickly. Well, he may not be around much longer. I sure hope not. <laughs> I sure hope not. I do not like Brock Lesnar. But uh like I was telling y'all before we start recording again, my probably my favorite match of the night was the Sasha Banks Alexa Bliss match. That was just great match and, you know, Alexa fully played the whole heel thing. At one point, she faked the injury, and I mean, she—I guess she's double jointed, and just we never knew because she, you know, it looked like she was legit injured. I mean, her her elbow was facing the opposite direction that it should on a human arm, and uh, yeah, she that, was just that was freaky. Yeah, she she gave the look like she was in pain, and Sasha was kind of freaked out, and then she just popped it back in and jumped Sasha, and you know, the match continued, and I don't know, I I just thought that was a really great match. Yeah, and I, I remember Sasha getting upset at the end and doing the double knees off the uh, announcing table, and that just – that's yeah. that, to me that just how, seems – How Alexa did not have a concussion after that, yeah. I have no <laughs> idea. And you, know, and, you know, here's another thing. Now that I remember, I have a problem with this too. Um, You have – Roman Reigns is supposed to be a face, right? He loses a match. The face is not supposed to get upset and attempt to murder <laughs> the guy that just beat him, right? Is it, or is that just me? I think well, it was. Let's, a, let's throw back to what, what what the Rikishi and Stone Cold angle, where Rikishi hit Stone Cold with a car, and then all of a sudden, you know, Austin found out Rikishi was the one that run him over with the car well then he puts rikishi up against like a a parking concrete barrier and then decides he's going to ram him you know with his with a car and try to kill him and then they put a cop in the way you know 
So we'll go back to that. But at the same time, man, did they get Braun Strowman over. Holy crap. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know what else I loved about that segment? There's a woman there next to Kurt Angle filming stuff with her phone. Um, That was an independent wrestler named Jordan Grace. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, that looks just like Jordan. Oh, shit, it is. (laughs) And and somebody, she, she put out a tweet. Um, I she said uh, her favorite response, and they didn't even add her in it. Was who is this big booby bitch sitting next to Kurt Angle? <laughs> and that is that is. I am not. I do not condone talking like that to a woman. I do not. That's. I, I was just quoting a tweet there. So do not, do not think I was saying that because it, I'm just. <laughs> but she laughed about it. But yes, it was pretty funny seeing Jordan Grace there. And now, granted, they did get him over, but. You know, they want Roman Reigns to be this huge face. Well, a face doesn't attempt to murder somebody after they lost just because they lost them. But they're still I think it was a double turn. We turned Braun we turned Braun face and we turn Roman heel. I see a heel turn coming from Roman. I I really do. they're still trying to build him as a face though. They, Vince will not give up on that, and I just don't think a face should be tempted to murder people. I also don't think your face should be lighting people's houses on fire. Well, I mean, Stone Cold did it to Triple H. I mean, he chased him around back. Triple H tried to you know, leave in a car, and uh, Stone Cold came up with a forklift, picked the, <laughs> the car up with Triple H in it, and flipped it over. Now, but the difference is, first off, we know Stone Cold was not your typical face. True, he was, you know... Stone Cold was the Punisher. You know, he he's an anti-hero. The anti-hero, yeah. He, he was an anti-hero. But he was also getting revenge on someone hitting him with a fucking car. Yeah. So that's more turnaround <laughs> being fair play because it was, it was... Come to find out that it was Triple H that orchestrated the whole him getting hit right. by a car with Rikishi and all but that I mean, stuff. But I mean, I think a lot of people would argue being hit by Braun Strowman is probably like being hit by a car. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think if you're trying to build up this big face, you don't have him attempt to murder another human individual. I, I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to make him, you know, kind of an antihero. Well, it's not. You know, he, it's he's going to be, you know, he's going to play both sides basically, and if, they're going to try whatever they can to get the fans to cheer him. Here's what they need Roman doing to do. Here's what, if you want to get make Roman a heel, do this. Do just like Triple H and Evolution. Put him in a suit. Have him talk down to people. Now, granted, some people are going to cheer because he's finally talking his mind, but right. let him get over that way. You know, go. Remember when he, I don't know if you guys remember when he was Liaki or something like that in Florida Championship Wrestling, but he was wearing suits. He was talking down to people. He needs to go to something like that. He also needs to change his wrestling gear. The, the It's time for the chest plate to go away. He needs to be in trunks. Just like he was. I've been saying that for a while. He it, it, he's not D'Lo Brown. He's not he's not even using it. You know that's another thing he Think could you do. You better recognize. He, that's another thing he could do if they wanted to get him over as a um, as a heel. He could cheat using that chest plate or whatever. Yeah. But he needs he needs to be wrestling in trouble. He need they need to start if they want to get him over. They need to start pulling the Triple H with him. Put him with a couple of guys. Put him in suits. And get him over that way. I don't think it any of that really matters right now because it doesn't matter if he's heel or face. You know, you've got the 
the fans out there that have already decided, okay, we're going to boo Roman Reigns because we don't want them to push him. And they're going to boo him or, you know, whatever WWE wants from the fans, you know, towards Roman Reigns, they're going to do the opposite just in spite of it. So, it, yeah. and, and, it, and it's really kind of hard to, to gauge, he, you know, in the past, it's always been, okay, the face always gets cheered, the heel gets booed. But, you know, ever since Cena, you know, started blurring the line there, you know. Well, no, let's not. It goes back further than that. It goes, well, it goes back to the NWO. Well, right, the, but it, it goes. You know, that's the NWO is what started all of this. Well, yeah, I mean they they made the bad guys cool. Yep. But still, at the time, I mean, you would eventually see who was heel, who was face, and you know, it, it was cut and dry because you could tell. I mean, if you were just coming in watching a wrestling show for the first time, and all you knew was you know you just had an idea of a good guy versus bad guy. Off fan reaction alone, you could tell who you should be cheering for and who you should boo. And you can't do that now. Because everybody likes who they like. You know, Kevin Owens, he's supposed to be basically the, the top heel right now. But he still gets cheered by the people who just love, you know, his work. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 hard to have a cut and dry heel or face right now. Yeah, I think that I think the days of that really are gone. You're, I mean, you're either going to be loved by kids 6 to 14 and hated by everyone everybody over the, else. Oh, every, everybody <laughs> over the age of 14. <laughs> or if you're a woman, you're going to love the good-looking guys anyway, hate mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and stuff like that. If you're Mo Stiegel, you hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am just kidding, Mo, out, out there. I love you, Mo. Um, but, yeah, it's just interesting. Well, uh We should have Ray Waddell calling in here in a couple of minutes, so stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and join us now on the Oversell Hotline. Uh, This is a guy who was in a match uh, last month and committed to wrestling with Teddy King, and it was violent, it was hardcore, it was crazy, it was awesome. He is the Southpaw Hotshot. The man bun, man bun Mastodon, Ray Waddell. Ray, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. How's it going, guys? Good Doing, to be here. Well, it's good to have you. Um, that match, man, you guys, you and Teddy King put on at uh, Committed to Wrestling Genesis was incredible. Um, how long have you two guys been working together? Uh, I've been wrestling a lot longer than Teddy has. Uh I've been wrestling since I was a kid, but uh, professionally about uh, eight years, I'd say now. Uh, Teddy has been going about two and a half or three, I believe. But ever since he started, uh, we've been around each other and worked together a lot, pretty much everywhere we've been. Well, you guys have, I thought you guys had a great chemistry in the ring together. Um, you said you've been wrestling for a little kid. Uh, tell us about it, man. Where'd you grow up, and how'd you get into wrestling? Uh, I'm from Kentucky, and uh, while a lot of people look down on it, I started it as, as a backyard wrestler because I was a big wrestling fan. And where I'm at in Kentucky, there really aren't any wrestling schools. Plus, I was, like, uh, so young, you know, no one's going to train a child. But uh, me and my brother, Chris Waddell, who uh, he's, like, the promoter and owner of the WWA, the World Wrestling Alliance, and uh, – based in Central City, Kentucky, where I also work now. We started just backyard wrestling, and um, 
at first we were just kind of, you know, goofing off, playing around, and eventually it kind of took off and we got older, got, when I, I think when I was 14, we bought our own ring and we were doing uh, backyard shows that way. And we started drawing like 200 people to a backyard. And uh, wow. at that point, uh, Kentucky has a commission, unlike Tennessee. So um, between neighbors calling because of uh, <laughs> noise or because of, you know, the whole the whole roads full of cars because so many people are coming to the wrestling shows. Eventually, the commission up here got word and shut it down, which ended up being a blessing because it made us get licensed and become legit. And we've been running legit shows since uh, 2011, uh, 2010 now. So seven years of my brother running shows and me just helping out and working here in Kentucky. But yeah, just as long as I can remember, I was a wrestling fan. Just kind of, I guess, too stupid to quit. <laughs> When did you when did you first start watching wrestling? I could, as far as I remember, I watched wrestling since I can remember. You know, uh, I my earliest memories involve wrestling, like WCW Saturday Night. So you know, mm. I couldn't tell you a time where I wasn't watching wrestling. Who were some of your favorites growing up? Growing up, I was always a big fan of Chris Jericho. For some reason. Uh, <laughs> I guess because I was kind of like a teenager doing the Attitude Era or whatever. Or not, not even a teenager. I was actually nine or ten, you know, watching that stuff. I always, I always liked Stone Cold, you know. It's pretty much anyone in the Attitude Era. Once I got older, I like got more appreciation for guys like Shawn Michaels and looking back, watching guys like Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat and just anything, uh, Cactus Jack, stuff like that. Just, I don't know. I have a very versatile uh, – list of guys that I look up to or that I kind of steal things from. I am so glad you said one of your favorites growing up was Chris Jericho. I Chris Jericho is my all-time favorite wrestler, and I'm going to tell you a quick story. I'm, I got a chance. He did an <laughs> autograph signing here in Memphis, and I was so starstruck when I met him. I spell my name D-E-R-I-C-K. And I walked up there, and it's like I, I, my body went into over, uh, autopilot. And he said, what's your name, man? I said, Derek, with one R. He said, D-E-R-E-K. And I seriously said, yeah, that's fine. So he signed a book <laughs> and a CD. And after I left, I kind of came to my senses. And, Ray, I'm not going to lie to you. My wife made so much fun of me for what I told her just happened. <laughs> <laughs> So now I have this, like I said, I've got Jericho's first book in a Fozzie CD autographed to the wrong damn Derek. <laughs> well, so sell it to another Derek, maybe. <laughs> I'll need to find. I'll need to find another yeah. uh, Derek named D E R E K. So, um, tell us what it was like running those backyard shows, and what did you learn from doing those? Well, the backyard shows, it was like way more laid back, you know. Um, it was just like it, it was weird because it started as like an every Saturday thing. We just show up at three o'clock and we do it for fun. And then like you know, people in the neighborhood would take note of it, and then they tell their friends, and then they tell their friends. And then we had a couple of shows we actually promoted. Most of the time we didn't even promote. We just did it for fun, and people just showed up. And it got to where when we do our big shows, like around Independence Day or around Halloween, we do these um, big shows, and word would just get out because of the big matches we put on. That uh, you know that these crazy kids are down here beating the hell out of each other in this backyard, let's go see it. So we'd have 200, 250 people there. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it had like, um, it, it was like the first time that you, we kind of got that camaraderie of like, 
we're just a bunch of guys going here doing what we like and like it's working people are digging it you know and it was like heartbreaking once it got closed down i mean now looking back i can see that it was a good thing but then it was like well what do we do now because there really wasn't anything around here so we started when we first got closed down we were driving to illinois like every week on shows that you know weren't the best but you know it was somewhere to work so it was somewhere to wrestle so we had to do that for a while and then once we finally got everything legit we're able to do our own shows back here at home it was you know it was well worth it and how how far have you gotten to travel since you've um started wrestling more uh so far i've done uh kentucky of course tennessee illinois indiana um georgia Mississippi, uh, that might be it. Alabama, okay, I think that's it. So you're touring the southern states, is what you're telling me. Yeah, for the most part, I'll go anywhere I can. I just gotta get that door open. Now, uh, I got a quick question for you, Ray. Uh, how how stringent is the Kentucky uh, Athletic Commission on uh, pro wrestling? Because I know in in Arkansas and Missouri, they've gotten pretty crazy in the last. Uh, five, ten years or so? Uh, it's not horrible. It's it's eased up a little bit, I believe. Uh, there's some things I don't like. There's good and bad, like with anything. But, um, like, in Kentucky, you got to be 18. you got to, uh, if you're trying to get licensed, you got to get a physical. you got to uh, fill out a application, pay, like, 25 bucks. So it's really not that hard to get them if you go get mm-hmm. a physical. And you normally got to have a promoter or a promotion back you saying you're going to work for them so they know you're legit. Uh, the actual like rules is just like you gotta you uh, you can't go into the crowd without uh, permission like so many days ahead of uh, ahead of you know the show. Uh, there's like they there was a no blood rule at all. Now it's where like you can have blood, but you gotta have like a blood test on record. You gotta uh, get approval and stuff like that. So it's easier just not to do that usually. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Uh, you can't promote anybody unless they're licensed. You know, so that, that's the mm-hmm. biggest issue we've ever had is like because we'll, we'll book these stars or something and like we're wanting to promote them, but we got to wait, you know, two weeks around for them to get a physical or for them to send it to us so we can send it off. And that's the most like, you know, hard thing. But, you know, but it also keeps a lot of the junk out, you know, not just anybody can jump in the ring. And while there still is a lot of people in Kentucky that, you know, maybe shouldn't be in the ring. I've been to some other states where it just seems like some guy walked off the street, you know, and he's just in the ring, and I don't want to wrestle that guy. But um, it it keeps some of the bad out, but, you know, it slows something, keeps some of the good out, too. You know, it's hit or miss. Yeah, um, Tennessee doesn't care. (laughs) No, no, no. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't even consider professional wrestling like uh, an actual sport. So they they just they just stay completely out of it. So, but uh, I know you know last uh, last five or ten years, Arkansas and Missouri and Missouri was stringent before, um, but uh, I, I think they've gotten even more stricter in the last few years. But uh, Arkansas has definitely gone overboard in the last few years. So they're, they 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 at one point required uh, ambulances at every at every show. Um, I don't know be able to afford to run. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was the point. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. All right, so what's the uh, the indie scene like in Kentucky? Uh, I, I think it's just like anything. There, there's 
there's good and there's bad. I'd say there's probably probably less than five really good promotions, but and there's and there really aren't that many altogether. There's probably maybe I don't know, maybe fifteen, twenty promotions in the whole state, or at least that I know of. And you know, there's probably five or so, you know, really good ones. Um so it's not it's not the strongest, but it's also like I feel like because of the commission where a lot of guys aren't here, there are like a lot of good dudes in Kentucky that don't ever get recognized because they're in Kentucky. We, we're, we're doing a show in September where we're bringing like all the best guys in Kentucky in for a tournament. We're hoping that'll kind of shed some light that, yeah, there is good talent in Kentucky as opposed to the preconceived notion that it's just, you know, bad wrestling. Do you prefer to work as a face or a heel? It kind of depends on the crowd, really. Uh, I spent a lot of my time as a heel just because it was natural for so long. But, like, up here where, I, where I'm at, like, you know, three or four times a month, uh, where I was a heel so long, it kind of, like, uh, eventually they just kind of start to like you and gain respect for you, I guess. And it kind of, over time, just kind of changed me into a baby face. And, like, I'm having a hell of a time. Like, I, I really enjoy it. I don't know if I want to do that everywhere I go. I, but I also feel like, I don't like switching it up because I feel like, it, I, I mean, I know I know it's wrestling, but I like it to be realistic. You know, I don't want someone to be like, oh, I really like this guy, and they get on YouTube and see me being a dick on the show a week down the road, you know. <laughs> so I, I, I like consistency, but um, I, I've just now recently got into the whole baby face thing, so I'm still figuring out my way and how to be different, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, so in the meantime. I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, yeah. Dan and Mike, a story. Um, at committed to wrestling, uh, we have uh, our announcer Dre, and it was the first time. <laughs> and and Ray, I'm going to open it up to you to tell uh, your part of the story because I think it's great. But Dre, Dre gets on the mic and he announces, and he's like, and "Teddy King," and I mean, <laughs> Ray just kind of stormed over to the uh, announce table, and he said, uh, "What's your name, man?" Dre. Well, you suck at your job, Dre, and, and Ray, I'm going to let you take over from there because as a heel, it showed how you have to kind of be quick-witted and think on your feet, and, you know, what thoughts were going through your head when you heard him say the wrong name? Well, well uh, I knew I was going to cut a promo, and, I, and, like, I don't really pre-plan, so I was just like, I'll figure it out once I get out there. Well, as I'm coming to the curtain, I hear him start saying, you know, all Teddy's monikers, the king of, or the the governor of King Tucky and whatever else he calls himself, Teddy King. So at that point it gave me material. I'm like, all right, here we go. You just gave me something to go with. So I just grabbed the mic. So what's your name? Well, you suck at your job. And I went on to tell him how, uh, I'm not Teddy King. That's the other guy. I'm the Southpaw hotshot. I'm the Bamba Mastodon. I'm the superstar Ray Waddell and all you Memphis morons need to stand up and cheer for me. <laughs> so at that point, it got the crowd going. So so it actually helped me. His, his screw up actually helped me a lot. Yeah. It's uh you know, that's uh heating a can basically and all you gotta do is open it. <laughs> yep. Oh the look on poor Dre's face when you because he had no idea it was coming and I felt kind of bad for him, but then it wasn't my screw up, so I didn't feel too bad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dre's and Dre was a very nice guy and it, it was just, like you said, it's just that perfect zen moment for you where it's like, well, got to cut a promo, and there I go. And I, I commend you on it, man. That was great yep. thinking at the time. And you went on to go on and have that just crazy match where at the end of the match, you did a Death Valley driver 
threw two chairs and a table off the top rope. And I mean, as a as the play by play guy, I'm just yelling into my mic that that's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So I, I want to commend you on that match again. Um, how many matches have you done like that with Teddy King? Because to me, it seemed like you guys have done that a bunch. Honestly, we've wrestled quite a few times, but for the most part, as far as like hardcore or no rules or street fights, we've only had one or two besides the one in Memphis. Uh, I, I'm not, we actually don't do that stuff that often. Um, originally, when we were coming down, we thought it was just a singles match and then uh, got word that it wasn't. And I'm like, okay, cool. That'll be fun. So then, like, and, and like, I didn't, like, I don't, is it, this is like a smart podcast. So, like, it, going into it, I wasn't, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that match that wasn't planned, that wasn't like, hey, let's just go out there and kill it. Like, we were just going to kind of have a match, you know, and then we got out there and the crowd was so electric. Like, that, that's what, I don't know how many wrestling fans listen to this, but wrestling fans need to realize the louder they are, the more they're going to get. I go to some shows where, like, they expect you to kill them, kill yourselves, but then they just want to sit there on their hands. But, like, we got out there and that crowd got quiet. There was never, <clears throat> I'd never planned to put chairs on top of that table until I got out there. And I was like, <laughs> screw it let's do it you know so i just i just did it i didn't you know i didn't ask permission from him i just said this is happening here we go you know and um of course everybody lives so we're all right yeah. but yeah it was a hell of a match we don't, and, and, and me and teddy are both just normal like straight up wrestlers we both like i myself have dabbled in a little bit of everything teddy like that's probably like the most hardcore he's gotten and if you think that match was good we got a rematch friday and I got to beat him again, and I'm going to have to do even more than that to beat him this time, I'd say. So it's going to be a hell of a fight in Memphis. Yes, it's going to be at 3715 South Perkins Road. I think that's the, I'm pretty sure that's the address. Please don't hurt me, Marco, if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's 3715 South Perkins Road in Memphis, Tennessee. Committed to wrestling. Uh, come out and see Ray Waddell and Teddy King go on. I mean, <laughs> that crowd was fired up. They, they didn't know you guys coming in, but you, you guys come in, you cut the heat promo, which instantly, as soon as Teddy King comes out, the place, you know, he's going to get that big pop just because they want to see this jerk that just called him a bunch of idiots and knuckleheads and numbskulls out there. I mean, it was just, it was a pop, a pop in a can as to heat in the can you got. And I'm really looking forward to calling your match Friday night. What other um, shows do you have coming up? This Saturday, I'll be uh, in Livermore, Kentucky. Uh, next week, I'm off for a vacation deal. And uh, then August 12th, my brother and I are running a big show here in Owensboro, uh, Kentucky, where we're going to have Rikishi, Grandmaster Sexy, Crime Time, uh, Tracy Smothers and Little Guido of That's the Eye, Joey Ryan, Chuck Taylor, and some other guys. Uh, if you if you want to look up any <laughs> WWA information, which is the company my brother runs, it's all facebook.com slash WWA is now. I always like to promote that and try to help that the best I can. Yeah. That's WWA is now. So, so wait a minute. All social media. You, you guys have, I believe, who is the PWG Heavyweight Championship coming to your show in Kentucky? Yes. That is incredible. Yeah. That is some... We, we really wanted to make... My my brother doesn't really watch a lot of indie wrestling, so I was like, if we're gonna do a big show, like every year we do a show called One Night Only, and it and it's like kind of like a Legends or like a you know a star show, but here lately we've been doing more stars, so I was like, let's make it different and make it uh, just like everyone from the indie. So if you look at the if you look at the card, we got like the FBI from ECW, 
or Tracy Smothers from WCW, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And then we got like Too Cool from the WWF. We got uh, Joey Ryan from Lucha Underground, Chuck Taylor from Ring of Honor and PWG. So we just, I just wanted to try to get someone from everywhere, you know. And my brother booked all these guys, and we're hoping it'll do well for us. Uh, with a card like that, I don't think it can go wrong. I, I'm really hoping for it because, man, that just sounds like a that just sounds so exciting to me to get the PWG Heavyweight Championship. A guy like Joey Ryan, who is known the world over, you see him on TV once a week now on Lucha Underground. That's a huge star. And then you know, Rikishi, who uh, we got to see in Memphis not too long ago. I mean, man, good luck with that card. I hope it turns out Hall of Famer. Great. Yeah, yeah. I hope it turns out great for you, man. I, I really am. And I'm just interested as a fan to watch Joey Ryan versus Chuck Taylor because that's the match booked. And we also have the FBI versus Crime Time. So there's a couple of dream matches on there that I think will be really interesting. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, sir. Right, right quick, Ray, I just wanted to say uh, I watched your, I watched a little bit of you guys, uh, you and Teddy's match uh, committed to wrestling and everything. It was on the Facebook page and everything, and I, I liked it. You guys showed Memphis something that they don't get to see very often. You know, they don't get to see that style around here very often, and that's you know that all-out hardcore match and everything, and uh, that you know the finish was definitely something they'd never seen before, um, and you know as long as you guys you know stay in that genre and everything and and do it again, is this rematch a hardcore match? Yes, yes, hey, it as is. As far as I know, it's supposed to be no disqualification. Okay. So yeah, if if you guys stay in that little niche where you guys are, uh, you know, showing the fans what they haven't seen before, because they there's not a big hardcore following in Memphis. I'll be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's not any there's not any promoters that would actually do a hardcore match to that extent. And you guys definitely showed them something they haven't seen in a while. So you know, you've got your niche there. Stick with it, and I'm sure you guys will come out, you know, smoking hot. And this at this next show too. So <laughs> just just my little yeah. two cents there. I think you guys I think you guys got something there. So Yeah, and like until like a few days before we didn't even know it was gonna be hardcore. We were expecting just to have a straight up, you know, match and try to steal the show that way. But um yeah, I mean when uh I just figured once, you know, Marco let me know, hey, uh it's gonna be a hardcore, I'm like, Well, we might as well go all out, you know, getting the best mm-hmm. show possible because uh I just feel like, you know, do your best effort so then next time you got to top it and then you got to challenge yourself and that's that's what i'll do i'm not even really a hardcore wrestler i don't do that that much hardcore stuff but if you know whatever position i'm booked in i'm going to do my best to like you know impress and my best to you know steal the show or impress yeah. the promoter or so he brings me back you know that's a that's I, a I that's that. a good attitude to have that's a good attitude to have yes, man sir. so yeah <laughs> Who has been your favorite person to work with since you've been pro wrestling, Ray? Uh, I'd say Matt Hardy. I got to wrestle Matt Hardy a couple of years back, uh, kind of right before the whole broken gimmick took off, right before he went like TNA. So that was a fun match. Very cool. Learned a lot. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, I, where can we find you on social media? Uh, okay, all my social media is uh, Ray Waddell WWA. R A Y W A D D E L L W W A on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. Very cool. Well, Ray, I look forward to seeing you and Teddy King tear the house down again this Friday. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Folks, get out to Committed to Wrestling. 
this week. There's no other show like it in Memphis, and I guarantee you, Ray, Ray Waddell and Teddy King are going to tear the house down in their rematch at this hardcore rematch. So, Ray, thank you for joining us so much, man. No problem, man. I appreciate you all having me anytime. All right. Well, I will see you Friday night. Stick around, folks. We'll be right back. Glorious. No, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. And I will defend. I will defend. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed that interview with Ray Waddell. Uh, I thought that was a great interview. Good dude. Very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and folks, get out to Committed to Wrestling this Friday, 3715 South Perkins. Uh, go check, follow them on Facebook, on Twitter. I think they are Committed CTW on Twitter. Go follow them, ladies and gentlemen. And you get to hear this voice call some exciting wrestling action. What could be better than that, right? No comment. I, I get nothing. <laughs> I just got. Did you guys just Undertaker no sell me? No shell. Oh, man. Well, guys, as we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, guys, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? There was some oomph behind that one. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of hurt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm going to say the Iron Man tag team match participants. Okay. At Great Balls of Fire. That was the only person who I think missed a cue was the ref. And he counted a three, which was a two later. I don't know. But <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> that was the only thing wrong with that entire match. That was a well, well-planned, well-choreographed, well-thought-out match from start to finish. Mike. For last week, I'm going with Alexa Bliss. Okay. And this week, I'm going with Braun Strowman. Okay. Because he all but shrugged off Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe at the same time. Okay. Um, I am going to go with Ray Waddell for joining us on the show. And um, Bray Wyatt, because he ha- he's got two pay-per-view wins in a row. Or just two wins or two in a row. Yeah, it was, it was two a pay-per-view and then the next night on Raw. Yeah, yeah. so what? 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 Bray that's a, Wyatt's that's a, getting some momentum? That's a win streak. For me? <laughs> well, folks, that is going to be it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. The easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review and leave us your comments. We are out this week. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an episode for you next week. Um, Derek has to go and do his civic duty. And, sir, <laughs> duty. jury duty. So, duty. hopefully, uh, it won't keep me from... Bringing some wrestling talk to you, but you've been listening to the Oversell Podcast.